Hi, I'm Kate Napolitano, the editor of Phoebe Robinson's You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain, and you're listening to Behind the Pros. Prosers, I bet you didn't think you were going to hear from me again. Wow, like, dang. It's been a month and a month and a month of Sundays, but I'm back, and I want to thank you for still being there. I know you've been checking out the show. I see the listens and thank you for it. I have a couple of interviews stored stored up that I want to give to you. And one of them I'll bring to you today. It's Kate Napolitano, who is an editor at Plume. I also want to tell you that I'm still working on my chunks of 20. Of course, I am on the same chunk that I've been on since October, but I'm on like number 11 in it and I haven't got any yeses out of that. So the next nine, I know a yes is coming, right? Based on my statistics, the science of submission. It was an article in the writer magazine, September, 2016. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Oh, also I got an article in this month's issue, the March issue of the writer magazine. And it is all about Quote, the hiccups of self-publishing or why one writer has 5,000 book flyers in her closet and that writer is me. So hopefully you will get to check it out. Maybe you can relate or maybe you can prevent yourself from having 5,000 flyers in a closet. Kate Napolitano was an editor at Plume. She is the editor who accepted and purchased Phoebe Robinson's debut book, You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain. It's available now in bookstores on Amazon. And you know Phoebe Robinson from the super popular podcast, Two Dope Queens, her and Jessica Williams taking their um, comedy on the road and featuring comics of color and women and on the gender spectrum and everything. So I know you've heard of Phoebe. If you haven't, please go check her out. And here is the behind the scenes of uh, a little bit of the book with Phoebe, but more of what Kate does at uh, Plume. And she gives you advice. If you're old fogey, um, do you, and you want to make a career change, is it too late for you to get into publishing to be an editor? I don't know. Let's find out. So you're a senior editor at Plume. Did I say it properly? That's correct. Okay. Um, And you've been there uh, since uh, 2009. Uh, Can you tell me where you got your degree and in what? Yes. Um, So I attended a college in New Jersey called the College of New Jersey. Uh, It's a small state school, liberal arts focused, um, that is located by Princeton, but is not Princeton, Um, but it gave me a really great education. Um, I studied English Lit there, and I minored, I double minored in Women and Gender Studies and Sociology. Um, I knew when I was there, I've always loved reading. Um, It was something that I knew I wanted to focus on. I knew I wanted to work with books. I didn't quite... um, um, figure out that I wanted to work in publishing until I was a junior in college when I had a professor who was writing a book with an academic press um, kind of say to me, like, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, I know I don't really want to teach. I have so much respect for teachers. Um, it's a lot of teachers in my family, but I knew that wasn't for me. I thought about grad school because it was something that people were doing and the economy was crashing. I, I was unsure about um, where I 
might um, might land at that time. But when publishing was brought up, I, like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh, I could work with the books. And um, it's really great because all those things that I studied, lit and sociology and gender studies kind of fold into what I do now. Um, so it kind of combines all of my interests. Um, and and uh, I've been been really happy about where I've landed. You just mentioned the interests, and uh, you specialize in humor, pop culture, memoir, narrative nonfiction. Do you have a favorite out of the bunch there? Oh, no, that's so tough. Um, I don't have a favorite. Um, I always say, like, each book that I publish is, like, it's like a child to me. I, like, never want to pick favorites. Um, and I'm, like, I also am, like, one of those, um, I'm, like, a, a hype man for my own books, um, for no matter what category it is. Um, I don't think that I would pick one particular type, but I do tend to work with a lot of um, personal essayists who have a humorous bent. Um, and I think I really, like, I connect with that sort of writing um, generally. So I would say that I might lean in that direction, but that doesn't um, mean that I don't love working on those other types of books as well. Mm -hmm. So after you graduated, did you start out um, in publishing, like as a copy editor or something? And tell us your from that point, how did you get to Plume? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to tell you about my publishing journey story. Um, so I... I had interned at a university press my junior year of college, um, and I had a great experience there, but it was an academic press, and it was very small, and it kind of gave me a taste for um, the publishing life, but I knew I wanted to kind of move up to the the big game. So I, um, I had interned at Viking, which is a part of the Penguin Group, and that gave me a sense of what it would be like to work at a big publishing house on the editorial side. And that really solidified my interest. Like, I want to be in publishing. I want to be in editorial. Um, and so when I, I, so I graduated in 2009, and as I mentioned, the economy was just, you know, crashing at that point. And um, so I was looking for jobs, knew I wanted to enter the publishing industry. And so in April of the, in April of 2009, the position at Plume opened up and I like ran after it. I, uh, it was an immediate start position, but and I was still in classes and in school um, and graduated in mid-May. Um, but I interviewed for the job, and I said I'd start as soon as the job started. And um, I had very understanding professors who knew that a job in publishing is rare, particularly um, for someone who comes out of a state school. Uh, it tends to be a very Ivy League-focused sort of industry, um, hopefully changing. Um, but when this job opened up, I um, I was so happy to get it. And so I started uh, immediately. And so the first few weeks on the job, I um, I was in, I was still in school. I was like writing my thesis. My thesis paper is still somewhere like on my work computer. Um, I, all my professors were really gracious. And like I, I changed all of my classes to like be uh, the last few weeks of them. I would just meet professors for office hours so I could just start um, in my publishing job. So I really, I, I had my, my one foot in academic world and one um, in my career really early. And um, I'm just like a very firm believer. You should just like, if you have an opportunity, you should chase it. And so I um, have been in publishing ever since. Um, and I've been at Plume ever since too. So since 2009, I've been here. Wow. And what was that first position that you applied for? I was an editorial assistant for the uh, editor-in-chief of this imprint. So 
So on that same regard, the people who are listening and are uh, in of a college um, age or generation are in that space where they can go from college and get an internship, they can take a lesson away in that from you. But what about people who are like mid-career changers, older folks, you know, that have, um, and by older, I mean 40. <laughs> the people um, around my age approach and say, hmm, what's going on with my life? Is it possible for someone to make a a career change into publishing? It's a great question. I think that if you want something, um, you can make it happen. I I definitely think that it um, it's possible to do so. Um, I would also say that it just to to be a, to, to enter publishing generally at an, at an entry level, um, you have to just be aware of the fact you're going to be working really hard. You're going to be working late hours. Um, it's kind of the type of job where um, an editorial you don't you don't work like a tidy nine to five. Um, you know you're you're taking manuscripts home to read. Uh, the first two years on the job are essentially um, it's, it's sort of like an apprenticeship industry. So if you come from an industry where uh, from a different type of industry outside of publishing uh, and you move over to publishing, you're still likely going to start um, start as an assistant um, because there's a whole set of um, kind of like rules and, and just general, not even rules, but just uh, the way a book is made is something you have to learn on the spot. It can't really be taught. It's not necessarily transferable. And I'm speaking specifically about editorial here. Um, so you do start at that level. So that's something to be aware of um, if you are – in your 40s and you're used to a particular pay grade, uh, you might be a little bit surprised to move over into publishing as well. Entry-level salaries are, um, are I would say, standard to the creative industry generally for assistance, um, but it, it is not um, – it's not like that the, the glamorous job that sometimes the media portrays it to be at first. Um, it's definitely a grind, so if you're up for hard work and you just come into it with a very realistic set of expectations, I think that you certainly could um, – to make that happen, but also just to be aware of those things going into it is just a smart idea generally for any career move. So you're a senior editor on an imprint of a major house, and uh, can you describe a time when you have the thought, I can't believe I have this job? Oh, like every day. <laughs> it's um, it is it is such an honor. This it sounds crazy to say, it, like it is such an honor. It really is. It is such an honor to be um, working in this industry, working with books every day. You know, I grew up reading books. My mom works in a library. I um, just always been. Um, like books, like authors for me are like rock stars. Like that's always how it's been. Um, so when then being able to enter into this industry and then work with books every day is such a, a privilege. I feel challenged by this job. I feel um, I feel enthusiastic um, every day coming into work because each day presents a new um, a new set of of challenges and 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 new. It, every day is different on the job, which is very exciting to me. Um, and I think just being, I, I can't p pick a single moment where I was like, oh, this is my job, because I really think that to be young, um, you know, I'm, I'm not quite 30 yet, um, and to be in this job and to be, uh, to be a senior editor is just a very awesome privilege, and it's not one that I take lightly. Mm -hmm. So 
You are the editor of Phoebe Robinson's new book, uh, You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things. I still have to explain. Uh, if you're listening out there, you probably recognize Phoebe Robinson from Two Dope Queens on WNYC. Um, and she has uh, her own new podcast, So Many White Guys. <laughs> and so I want to talk to you a little bit about this book. I read it. I loved it as well. What drew you to it um, when you first all the proposals and the chapters. Oh, I I was a fan of Phoebe going into it, which is great. Um, I had Phoebe on a list of um, of comedians and just general cultural tastemakers that I was aware of and kind of wanted to track their careers to see if they would ever be willing to write a book. Um, so when her literary agent sent me the proposal for the book, I was like, oh, I know who she is. I want to work with her. Let me see how the pages, um, uh, how the, the pages are. Um, but I knew going into it that I just really connected with her sense of humor and the way that she was able to take um, really dense, uh, heavy topics and kind of put a light touch and her own spin on them um, with, through her humor and her personal experiences. Um, so when it um, it did come to me and I read through, it was one of those times when uh, the proposal came in. I was really excited. I told Robert, her literary agent, you know, I've been I've been I've been watching her. I've been I've, I I want to see whether she can write a book. And then I read through her pages and I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. I have to sign up this book. It was like a very like I got like a very um, like excited feeling. I, I think I like kind of paced up and down the hallways of my office like, OK, OK, I need to make this happen. So um, it was her sense of humor that really drew me to this. The title um, You Can't Touch My Hair was the title that um, the proposal came in with, which is just brilliant. Um and just the way that she was talking about issues of race and gender um, that was so provocative, but also she was doing it in such a way um, that made it accessible and, and funny. Even even like really heavy topics, she has an ability to make really funny, laugh out loud funny. And um, it signing up the book was incredible. Working with her uh, was a dream. We worked really hard to put this book together, and I, I really hope that people check it out because it's going to make you laugh out loud, and you might be like out in public, maybe on the subway, maybe maybe, uh, maybe on your commute somewhere listening to the audiobook version, and you're going to be laughing, and people might look at you like, what are, what are, what are you laughing about? Um, but it's because Phoebe can like weave in a pop culture reference like nobody's business. She has a real gift for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was writing it, she's weaving in so many. I'm like, who, what, wait, when was this? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny because I interviewed her actually um, almost uh, 10 years ago when she was in New York and she had just started stand-up. Um, wow. And even then, her focus was race and culture and um, feminism. Um, and those themes come through in You Can't Touch My Hair as well. Yeah, she really um, she brings her personal experiences to the page, but also to kind of like a general uh, cultural overview. So it doesn't surprise me that this is something that she has been, um, you know, for than ten years ago you interviewed her that she was talking about because this is something that she's really uh, she's worked on her craft quite a bit. She is such a hustler, like really truly um, is one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Like always, always on her grind, and um, I think that um, she has just a really um, a really amazing ability to kind of uh, talk about issues that 
are on people's minds or issues that aren't being talked about but should be talked about in a way that's really fresh and, um, again, really funny. And can I think that sometimes humor is the way that you can um, make an impact or change people's mind, and I think that her, her book can certainly do that. Finally, let me ask you, what do you think is at least one thing that writers can learn from Phoebe's book? Oh, at least one thing. Um, tenacity, I'll say that. Um, Phoebe, this, this isn't going to be apparent necessarily when you read the book, but for the purposes of this podcast, um, I'll let you know that Phoebe was working constantly when um, she was writing this book. She was doing stand-up gigs, sometimes multiple stand-up gigs a night. She was working on her podcast, Two Dope Queens. She was working on a video series. She was writing freelance recaps. The girl did not quit, and I think that's really important for writers to keep in mind. Um, it's not... The writing life is not necessarily one where it's like, oh, I'm going to sit in my my loft apartment and just sit in the sunlight's coming in and I'm just going to sit there with a cup of coffee all day and not work a day job and like, I'm a writer. That's not really realistic and that's not how things usually go on the uh, for, for writers being published in today's world. And I think that if anything, I hope that your listeners take away that um, working hard is such such an important and an important part of the process not giving up phoebe went through rounds of revisions with me when you know we were on tight deadlines and she was working three jobs at once and she still made it happen so i think that if they could take away anything it's that um really being uh, aggressive and chasing after your dreams is important um networking is really important um putting yourself out there is so important and i think in um one of the penultimate chapters of the book she does talk about how um she had at one point worked with an uh a talent uh, agent a manager who didn't quite believe in what she was doing and she kind of believed it at first because this person wasn't a person of authority. She was a young comic starting off and this was a, someone who had been working in the business and that person didn't believe the fact that her book, uh, her blog could, could turn into a book and Phoebe really believed it. And she eventually, you know, she wasn't working with that manager anymore and her blog, Blaria is eventually what got her a literary agent. So put yourself out there. Don't give up. Even when it's tough, um, stay on your grind and stay positive. And I think that will ultimately lead people into very fruitful directions. Well, uh, there you have it. And I have some more good stuff for you. So make sure you're subscribed on iTunes and leave a review on uh, iTunes because we really could use those good uh, or semi-good thoughts from you. But I hope they're all good. And uh, also, my next interview I'm going to share with you is from Alyssa Grace Ceresso. She is a storyteller and a writer. I met her at the 2015 Creative Nonfiction Writers Conference. So I'll get to talk to her about oral storytelling. And I'll hopefully have an update on my chunk of a 20. Hopefully, I'll have some acceptances. I'm on number 11, as I said, nine to go. So hopefully I'll have some by then. Behind the Pearls music is by UK artist Redvers West Boyle. You can find him on SoundCloud. The show is hosted again and executive produced by me, Kisha Whitaker. 
in an apartment with a cat tree that a cat does not use in Pennsylvania. Until next time, listen, learn, and write.